This is Mission.org. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm your host, Jeremy Bergeron, the Vice President of Media Strategy at Mission.org. And this is the show where twice a week, you'll get VIP access into the hearts and minds of some of the most influential marketers in the world. On Marketing Trends, we'll do two things. We'll go deep on a human level, and we'll go even deeper on the nitty gritty of what makes for the most successful marketers and strategies today. I'm glad you're here. Now let's get into it. Leadership is something a lot of people think is about bragging rights or being the face of something. In reality, it's far more about encouraging teams and including others than it is about you as an individual. That's one thing that Steve Mazinski, global head of marketing at Fox Rent-A-Car, has worked so hard to do. It's not my department. It's our department. So I'm going to make sure that's echoed throughout the organization because when you kind of share in that, people realize that marketing isn't just Steve. Otherwise, if you're trying to grow a team, if they view it, well, Steve's always got it done because that's how Steve represents himself. The goal is to always, always pay it back to the people that actually help build behind it and give credit where credit is absolutely warranted and trumpet their successes. Steve, has been through it all. Starting in the low ranks of marketing to heading up global operations, he's even gone through the good, bad, and ugly parts of acquisition while keeping his eyes on the goal of reaching his customers in human ways that makes his entire company happy. Be sure to check out this episode of Marketing Trends as Steve shares some important insights on how you can actually bridge the gap between departments. I think you're gonna love it. So Steve, dude, I'm super excited to connect with you, man. Of course, I know about Fox Rent-A-Car. I, I did know about the acquisition that happened. Was it like, a, was it, were you there during the acquisition, Europe Car? Yeah, so that's, that's the fun part, right? So uh, the, the job opened up in the, uh, uh, the summer of 2019 and uh, I started you know, the, the interview process and everything else. And during the interview process, the acquisition news came out. I went, oh, wow. uh, okay, Does, is this job still available? So, no, it is. Uh, it's definitely a job that we have to focus on the future. In fact, we want you to interview with the acquiring company. Wow. So I went through, for the first time ever in my life, I went through six rounds of interviews. Whoa. And I've never been through that many rounds of interviews. I'm going, damn, they're, they're serious about this. So <laughs> it, uh, it actually uh, endeared me a little bit more to the organization, knowing that they took that amount of uh, thought and, uh, and planning behind placing this role. It didn't, didn't give me that fear of, man, I'm going to get laid off, right? As a result of this, this uh, acquisition, because, you know, I've been there, done that before, right? Yeah. Something gets acquired and suddenly, hey, guess what? You're out of a job. Sure. <laughs> well, on that note, I mean, I know, I think I saw something about, you know, that that acquisition made, was it made Europe Car like the fifth largest carbonyl company in the, is it in the world? Yeah. Yeah. So big, that's a big acquisition. Now, when you joined, of course, kind of after you from the outside looking in became head of marketing there, what did you notice now that this company was now acquired by Europe Card? Was there a ton of support offered now that wasn't there, you know, maybe before in the marketing? I know you weren't in the marketing team there, but what it was there now existing that Europe Car now owns the business and what did you notice? Yeah, well, I, I will say that the biggest thing that uh, I noticed right away was, uh, let's say motivation behind the marketing side of it. Okay. Uh, marketing historically on, on the Fox side is, was always a, a cost center. Right. Mm. Okay. Marketing, do your job, stay with inside your lanes. Here, here's your budget. Go get me people off of Google. And that's it. Right. I'm going, no, that's not really what marketing's role is. I said, <laughs> I get where you're, you, it was purely a transactional thought behind marketing. Mm. And, you know, always marketing's there to, to, to help generate transactions. Otherwise, what the hell are you doing? Right. But, uh, that, that was the the initial first first foray into the organization is really that the energy, the, um, and, <laughs> not being the only person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, when you also joined, was there, what was the team? Was it a pretty big marketing team? Was no. it decentralized? Was it centralized? 
Yeah. So uh, it, it definitely was uh, um, nobody in the marketing sense. So the the um, marketing organization at Fox disappeared for an entire nine month period prior to my, my joining. Whoa. The previous person left the organization and they said, look, let's, let's see what we can do without a marketing person. So for nine months, they ran without a marketing person. The CTO was actually uh, leading the paid search, which was wow. a, a, an interesting uh, aspect. And then the, uh, the 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 one marketing person that was there moved over into revenue management. Ah, okay, interesting. And so they 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 uh, eventually got, came to the realization that we we need a marketing team, right? Yeah. <laughs> so were you then kind of tasked with building that out? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely, and and really building a full strategy because I inherited nothing from from the previous leaders. Wow. Other than, uh, you know, the, the, the loan marketing employee that was in revenue management, bringing her back in underneath the, the marketing umbrella, mm. um, what was, was really it. Okay. Cause you, I know it, looking back in the kind of in the, the past of your experience, you it looks like you were at dollar thrifty automotive group. You were there for like 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Then you went over to Hertz. You were director of digital marketing there for just over a year. So you obviously kind of got into the, the car, the rental car space, was that also where you learned marketing? Where did kind of your marketing chops first start? Was it before that or was kind of the dollar thrifty days where you first started kind of seeing marketing at scale and getting into it and learning? Yeah, so that's that's the uh, um, uh, the, the oddity of, of my story. So, uh, you know, you, you harken back way, way, way back to 1998 when I started back in marketing. That's we go in nine, we go in late 90s. Yeah. So that's that's really the, the start of the dot com boom, right? So all the all the reservations, everything else were still being done over the phone through traditional travel agents, all that stuff. So I applied for a position six months prior to actually graduating from college. Um, my dad found a newspaper article that might be aligned with with what you know my my degree was in. He goes, Hey, it might be time to to apply for this. And I went, Really? Like I still got six more months. He goes, no, no, it's better to apply early. So I replied back to a uh, you know a position in marketing, and I mailed in my resume. Wow. And, uh, okay. <laughs> sat down with the uh, the director at the time, and he was in charge of uh, really a, a, an interesting aspect of of the marketing side, which is account management slash uh, inbound marketing. Okay. So he was responsible for uh, marketing to Europeans. So my first foray was really in the international sector. Wow! And with uh, big customers and, and clients like Virgin uh, Virgin Holidays was one of our big customers. So, you know, you, as you can imagine, right, a, a company of, of that nature, I had no clue. Right? I'm 21 years old. You know, from the middle of Oklahoma, I have no idea what the hell a Virgin Holidays even is. Wow! So that that was kind of my 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 first foray into marketing is really understanding that that aspect of it and kind of growing within that that sector of um, marketing to from a B two B standpoint. Mm. Okay. And leveraging those relationships and understanding the communication abruptness that Americans have versus Europeans. Mm. I had no formalities, right? Coming out of college, I had you know a little bit of a little bit of formalities, but but not as much. And it was very, very traditional communication from from that side of it. So that was that's how kind of I cut my teeth in the car rental world and uh, spent so many years through there because of the progression that they that identified at dollar thrifty and it was really a um, credit the learner um, environment where you know as you started to grow and as you started to learn and as you started to kind of showcase your skills they would move and um, adjust you throughout the organization so I, I kind of branched off and did a few different things whether it's in the franchise space and eventually landed in the digital space um, several years later and that's kind of where you know, I made a, a little bit more of a, not really made a name for myself, but I found my calling mm. in, in that side of it and really focused on consumer mindset, what the triggers are, how the analytics actually come into play into uh, driving strategy behind that and really um, harnessing that aspect of it, which, um, you know, I, I've, I've loved ever since. Mm. Now, what about this transition of kind of going from you know, individual contributor, marketer to leadership, right? There's an interesting transition that happens for for everyone that kind of goes from, hey, I'm part of this team. Now I'm also still part of the team, but now leading team and leading marketing. What was that transition like for you kind of graduating into being a leader now, not just individually contributing? Yeah. And I will say that uh, <laughs> I've always maintained my uh, um, do it and continue to uh, to tackle the task myself versus delegating it. So that that was the most difficult aspect for for me mm. is allowing somebody else's input and um, uh, effort 
to actually help execute on, on something that I have as far as a vision. So I've had to figure out how to articulate that thing, do that in such a way that they can grasp it and, and still allow them the, the levity to, to put their own spin on it, but end up accomplishing the, the, the goal that we have in mind. So that was the hardest part is, is stop being a doer um, as much as um, you know, being a, a strategizer behind the, the doing. Mm. What did you notice kind of, you know, shifting into this, you know, trusting the team and trusting their expertise and you kind of letting go a little bit, stepping into leadership, but what are some of the things, maybe results, or maybe there's a story or something around you seeing, you know, that happen? Yeah, I will say that uh, it's, um, I like the fact that whenever I was the doer, that my boss would provide me with the accolades and not necessarily take credit for the actual success, even though he was the one that kind of came up with the strategy behind it. He would say, no, it was really because of Steve doing this, this, and this. So I've borrowed a hell of a lot of that throughout the years and saying, look, you know, it, it's not my department, it's our department. So I'm going to make sure that, you know, that that's echoed throughout the organization, because when you kind of share in that, people realize that marketing isn't just Steve, mm. right? And I don't want that to continue to be, because otherwise, if you're trying to grow a team and start saying how you, know, you need the team to actually continue to deliver on it. You're never going to get that team if they view it. Well, Steve is just going to get that done because Steve's always got it done because that's how Steve represents himself, right? Mm. So it's it's really that the the goal is to always always pay it back to to the people that actually help um, build behind it and give credit where where credit is absolutely warranted and trumpet their successes and never really trumpet your own mm. because what I, the way I view that is I've always been rewarded by, by other people recognizing what I've done and that's what I want to do. And then eventually, you know, your, your own rewards will kind of come as a result of that. Because again, if the team's equipped to do that, they're going to provide that continuing challenge statements. Hey, we did this in the past. What if we do that? Mm. Right. And I don't want anybody on my team to ever think that they can't say, well, what if we, we do this? Right. Mm. I, I want to hear that. What was the experience like of kind of building a team there at Fox Rent a Car? I mean, how do you know that you're hiring the right people? What's the mix of like people and then the tools and the tech that you want? You know, here you are, you jumped into this opportunity. Now you got to build out the team. You've just been acquired by Europe Car. What kind of goes into your head and thinking about who's going to join the team? What technology am I going to use? Do you look at it kind of like, here's the funnel. I need someone on demand gen. I need someone middle into funnel. How do you go about kind of building that high performance team? Yeah. So it, it all goes back to ROI, right? So that the return on investment. So where's the area that's going to offer the, the quickest? I look for the quickest bang for the buck, right? Because in the end, car rental is about butts and seats, right? I need to get people to rent my cars to take them on the road, return them so I can repeat that process. So the biggest aspect of anything in car rental is the website. Because that's our gateway to the customer. That's what that's what customer sees, whether it's on their mobile device, tablet, phone, and all that piece. So that's the biggest shift is that 98% of our transactions are done online. So only 2% of them are done in a call center environment. So that's exactly where I looked at my team and went, okay, I need somebody dedicated to looking after the website alone and all the pieces that, that go into that website and maintaining it day in and day out basis. Because we had made... SEO updates since 2016. Oh wow! On the website and several areas. Wow! So we've just been gradually benefiting from being Fox Rent a Car from an SEO standpoint, but we never benefited from being a car rental company in Los Angeles, a car rental wow. company in Orlando. Wow! So we had to start building, bridging that piece of it out. So that's been hugely beneficial in the past year of, of bringing in just an e-com manager, a digital marketing manager. Yeah. So look, you own the website. Wow. So those pieces are yours to own. And then listening to them saying, okay, what tools will help you be successful? What, what, what are the, the, the areas that, that you need to uh, assistance on? And then I've also been able to, let's call it borrow talent from our European contingency hmm. because there's a headquarters operation in Paris and they support a, a brand. But if there's one thing that the pandemic has actually benefited me greatly, is that the U.S. market returned back way faster than the European market. Mm. And we've had a, an amazing 2020 and they wanted to continue, or 2021, sorry. Uh, they wanted to continue to build on that. And they said, well, what do you need? And I said, I need people. Wow. And so they were able to um, provide uh, an SEO agency. They were able to provide a, a search agency. And they were able to provide an analytics component to us. So I've used those, those, those resources. So not necessarily, at least my direct management, right. but 
I've used them from, from other areas to help me with, with uh, you know, the, <laughs> the influx of, of demand that we've had in the U.S. Wow. And to build on that. So kind of back to the SEO thing, was that something you noticed before you joined? You're like, wow, this, there's a big SEO opportunity. Did you, did you see that before you joined? Yeah. And I will say that that's where I thinned my tech stack too very early on. And I, um, there was a, an SEO software provider that we were using or that we were subscribing to okay. that we were using. Ah. So there's a lot of, you know, here, here's a strategy. Hey, here's another strategy. And going, I, I can't do any of that. Mm-hmm. I, I've got to focus all over here on this pieces. So that was like the immediate cost savings that it is that eliminated a you know, $100,000 line item to say, look, I know SEO is a problem. I'm not going to be able to address that immediately until I fix these other areas. Mm-hmm. Let's kill that aspect of it right now because the cost savings on that software equaled a person. Uh-huh. So I viewed a person more valuable than the software. Got it. Because <laughs> you, you find a quick person that's going to look at some of these things going, wow, your page titles are all the same on these 98 pages. Wow. Yep. Wow. I need you to go into those 98 yeah. pages. <laughs> yeah. And give me some unique page titles, right? Wow. Well, it's, it's so interesting too, also thinking about, you know, hiring an agency versus having someone do it in-house. And it looks like you kind of, there's a bit of a mix there, which I've seen on a lot of organizations, but what's your approach when kind of looking at a problem and saying, okay, I want to go find someone to be a part of our team versus let's go find an agency. For me, the the absolute answer a lot of times is some of the um, core functions are best served by an agency. Okay. Um, so uh, search engine advertising, I'll never do that in-house. Okay. That's going to be an agency because you've got Right. They can throw bodies at it faster than you can throw bodies at it. And when you pay for a service, you're going, guys, this is a problem. So an agency is going to quickly go, cool, got it. We assign three more people to take a look at it. Okay. But the other part of it, like when we're talking, you know, promotional aspect of, you know, sending out emails, that'll always be uh, internal. Okay. Because you've got to have those persons involved in conversations with revenue management to know where, you know, yield, yield issues are, where demand issues are, where communication breakdowns are from an operation standpoint and address those in your, in your email communication. Hmm. And then the creative aspect, I always find is kind of a good, that that's where I have the hybrid model using a little bit of outside agency for the, for the creative and internal, because the internal, they know the product, they know Carbonyl. You're not going to find an agency that knows Carbonyl, right? Cause it's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not a sexy product. I'm sorry. We're, we're, I think we're a level above insurance or maybe a level below, depending <laughs> on who you, on who you ask. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I always, uh, you know, I, I love the, the Geico and, and, and safe farm and farmers, all their commercials that kind of play on that, that comedy aspect of it because it, it humanizes their brand. And so that's kind of the, you know, just, just when, when I approach things, I kind of look at it from uh, let's call it sister organizations on, on how they, attack certain things and where I have the opportunity to kind of use that here. Okay. And I also noticed that you, there was, there was two things uh, on your LinkedIn, the, the two achievements you mentioned, which I, I want to touch on these two. One was that uh, you designed and developed a new CRM newsletter and this grew audience by 137% improved conversions. I mean, 30% improvement in 180 days. That's great. Can you kind of get into the the nuts and bolts of some some little deeper understanding of what you did there, what your approach was there? Because that's some cool results. It is. And uh, low-hanging fruit, right? When, when you mm-hmm. first come into a job, you're like, okay, well, what's what's that low-hanging fruit? What, where, where's an area that I have experience on that I can immediately have an impact? And um, previous organizations that, that uh, had similar um, customer segments and, and everything else, it was email. And it was it was scheduling the email. It was scripting it to actually have an appropriate message on the appropriate day of the week. So one of the first things I looked at an email is it was um, sporadic. Hmm. We'd send an email on a Sunday and then we wouldn't send another one 10 days later. And then we'd send one two days later Uh. and then we'd send another one. I'm going, what are we doing? No, we're going to uh, a tried and true model that I've had history on, which is Sunday, Thursday sense. We're going to send the first one on Sunday uh-huh. and a email on Thursday for all the non-openers. Let's start mm-hmm. there Sunday, Thursday and go. And we're going to send it to the full list on, on Sunday. Everybody that's in it. I, I need to know who the hell my, my, my key customers are because they were using a very, very, very abbreviated list okay. of people that they know are you know, high openers, high converters. I went, no, send it to everybody. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, because Carbonyl, uh, at least value Carbonyl, is a, um, a one, two or three times a year type of transaction. It's not mm-hmm. an every day, every month, because with us being leisure oriented, 100% leisure oriented, you think of how often somebody takes a trip, 
whether it's a weekend trip or a long trip or even you know a semi you know uh, you know just a visiting family type trip, right? So those only happen at certain times a year. So I have to continue to to fill their inbox with my promotion, so that way I stay relevant whenever there comes time for them to actually make that decision. So the only way to do that is at least include them on a weekly plan. Mm-hmm. If they don't convert on it, then I'll send them again on Thursday. But uh, that's what I started, and, and that okay. immediately that immediately um, those two things: scheduling it and then grabbing the full list immediately return results back to to email to where now it's a uh, you know uh, an eight figure line item, mm-hmm. whereas previously um, just over a seven figure line item for the organization. Wow. Any direct mail happening, direct mail automation or playing in that space at all? Not yet. Okay. And I'm still trying to find that that sweet spot where we actually fit in, you know, being being a little bit more leisure and, and where that that direct mail piece would actually be timed out at. Mm-hmm. The the ideas in mind were, you know, a lot of it, you know, harkens back to probably being like quarterly emails out to customers mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and just sending it to them, you know, hey, you know, you're getting ready for your summer trip. Now's the time to book. Here's, you know, here's an exclusive promotion just for you. Right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. We had we had the CEO of uh Posty on the show a couple months back. This guy, Dave Fink, really nice guy. And and they serve a lot of the Fortune five hundred and beyond and very interesting technology. And it kind of got our wheels turning a bit too internally about how, you know, brands are using it, how we might use it. And it's it's something that kind of keeps coming up and I'm always curious to see how how brands are testing it or thinking about it. I guess probably that the key thing there on that was right. Be unique. How can you be unique with that direct mail piece and not be another one that just gets filed right in the trash can? Right. For sure. Yeah. It's yeah. Got, gotta be. Um, what would you share with other marketing leaders about kind of how they can really start on this journey of creating a more seamless, just better end to end customer experience? The biggest thing for, for, for me historically has always been blending the online and offline. So making sure that you always stay uh, connected with that piece because I don't own being being in the marketing. The marketing department doesn't own the end transaction. Our corporate operations team owns that that interaction with the customer, and largely the the history has been the marketing leader um, does not get involved in any of those conversations. Just kind of stay you know stay in your lane type of thing. And I've I've never been the one to be like that. So I have you know I have regular calls with the operations group going. Okay, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. What's something that I'm not doing on the front side that's causing you a headache on the back side? Is it you know, my, my email offer that, that I'm telling them, you know, includes X, Y, and Z is that I'm not fully disclosing certain terms on the outset. And you're having to explain to the customer, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to do this whenever you, you know, rent a car. Here's some of our, you know, license requirements. They were wrong telling you on the front side and then, you know, support materials. So making sure our, you know, in, in location TV screens represent exactly what they're trying to do for an operation where they had the most success. Um, one of the immediate answers people always say is, you know, Carbonell's got it wrong. Airline got it right a few years ago with the kiosks. Well, unfortunately, we you'll never get that way on the Carbonell side. And you know why? 35% of our revenue comes from whenever that customer talks to an actual rental sales agent. Mm. So a Carbonell company is not going to eliminate 35% of the revenue line because people are frustrated having to talk to a person. Mm-hmm. But what you can do just find those moments to um, optimize that transaction to where the length of time that they spend with that agent is focused on exactly what the agent's there to do, sell. So where, where are those marketing touch points that I can insert myself to, to um, pull that away from the agent's headaches? Mm. Can I validate their driver's license? Can I get their credit card beforehand? Can I get them looking and reviewing the fleet and the policies before they actually show up at the location? So they, they become an educated renter mm. because an educated renter is better for us than an uneducated renter, knowing that, oh yeah, I know you guys are going to take a, a $500 deposit for me because I'm driving off the lot in a $50,000 automobile, right? Customers are always confused. It's like, no, my rental charges are $289. So that's all you need. Mm. Dude, you're leaving. <laughs> you're taking a big piece of machinery from us. There's a few more things that that, that we have to get from you. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, you know, um, becoming that partner to that customer is kind of key, and being that partner to the people that 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 do the transaction is kind of key for us from an from an end to end transaction. So it's kind of that call it that triangle that that marketing sees that that always blends it right because we we always are are going to be uh, the person that looks for customers, but we need to to remember our internal customer as well as our external customer whenever we do our marketing. Mm. 
Yeah, because you're talking about kind of this frictionless experience or as frictionless as possible, right? And especially right. in the world that we're living in now, why are these frictionless experiences so important for consumers today? I personally, from, from my standpoint, I don't know if it's as much as frictionless, but it's, it's probably more uh, economical uh, for, for me, for, for these customers, right? So what they want is they, A, we, we know for a fact customers want to be recognized, right? That they want to be known that, thanks, John Smith, for coming in today. We're, we're glad that you're here. Um, we, we see that you reserved a compact car with us, right? That That's kind of that. That's what I view as a frictionless experience is that is you're not surprised that I'm here today to do a transaction with you. Mm. So that's where that's where the friction rub comes in in, in our vertical is that you know, when you're surprised and you have nothing to, you know nothing about this customer, you're asking from everything from step one all the way through step 10. Mm-hmm. So um, for, for me, as a, as a in, in our travel vertical and in the carbonal world, it, it, the, the frictionless experience comes down to customer recognition. Mm. And being aware of of that customer throughout that that entire process, um, I, I think we've um, moved too far in some industries to um, to avoid customer contact, and that's kind of been um, that uh, fear and mm. <laughs> approach yeah. that that everybody has. I get that, but uh, um, I think we need to get back to um, the, the world of you know it, when you would go down to the corner grocery store. Right. And, and you would know Al, the meat guy. Right. And that's kind of the, the experience that, that we want to address in a such a, a distant customer relationship on Carbon on and, and how you attack that. So I think that's that's kind of key for us. Hmm. Now, you, you, you spent time at Thrifty, you spent time at Hertz. Certainly, you're learning, you know, different things in these organizations. Now you're leading, you know, global marketing at Fox or in a car. Were there things that you could take from those? Like, were there best practices, you know, things that you're like, wow, Thrifty did this really well. Hertz did this really well. I can bring this into to Fox. Were there things like that that were glaring, easy, kind of easy layups for you to say, oh, we're going to start doing these five things because they work really well there? Or, or are you not really able to do that? No, absolutely. You're able to do that. And that's the best okay. part is, right? That's why I like where I'm at. I like being in the fighter brand mm. because I can, I can be that annoying um, little guy that, that can do things that, you know, those traditional brands are afraid to actually take on themselves. And I can be a little bit more risky in, in some of the messages that I, that I put out there or mm. um, not really confrontational or, or controversial on that front, but I can, I can put things out there that I'm like, you know, if they don't like it, they don't like it. Right. Because I don't have um, <laughs> the oversight that they do. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, there's a lot of eyeballs, especially on Hertz right now. Right. Mm-hmm. They just came mm-hmm. through bankruptcy. Yep. They've got uh, they just employed the goat as their spokesperson. Right. I'm not going to be able to do that. So well, what what can I do to, to continue to stay relevant? to these, you know, to, to the marketplace and, and make people know me. Mm. And that's the part that uh, we're struggling with right now, just a, a little bit on a marketing standpoint is, you know, customers default to Fox Rent-A-Car, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't like that, right? I don't want to be the default. I don't want to be the, uh, okay, yeah, I, I guess, you know, Hertz is at $80 a day. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll spend, you know, $25 less a day and, and rent from rent from Fox. We'll, we'll give it a a try, right? I, I, we need to, once we get that customer, we, we have to own that customer from, from that point forward and give them a reason. What, what's that stickiness that, that uh, um, retains them? Mm-hmm. And for us right now, but the only thing that we have control over is that customer experience through and through. Uh, and that's the part that you know, technology is helping us with. And um, the training department is also helping us with and, and, uh, um, exercising that uh, process, yeah, because it's it uh, just just kind of sharing on, on that part of it. So our, our number one acronym as an organization is NPS right now. So net promoter score is huge here. I mean, it's I don't know if we, we all need to wear a T-shirt, right? I did it for the NPS, um, but uh, that that's pretty much been the the mantra as an organization. And in fact, our our parent organization, Eurocar, is getting acquired by Volkswagen. Uh, as part of you know, um, just where, where the industry's going and where where everybody's going through, and the message even from the persons that are involved in that transaction, as you know, new leaders come into places, 
you know, what's your customer retention? What's your service level like? What's your NPS? Mm. And you're going, wow, right? That's, that's you know, not, not looking at financials, not looking at, you know, vehicle usage, all that other right. stuff. They're going, what are you doing to, to treat to, to, in the customer experience that makes you um, noticeable and makes you relevant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, that's something I, I was going to ask you about too. Because if you look, if you Google Fox Rental Car Reviews, if you just Google that, you'll see a bunch of stuff there. There's some good, there's some bad, but it seems like reputation management is important right now for the brand, especially you know after the acquisition. This, this is a big opportunity, and I love how you're like, look, put me in the trenches because this is the thing that I want to go, you know, go to bat for. What are some of the things you're doing in terms of, you know, improving customer, you know, retention, but also just reputation online? Because there's a a lot of eyeballs there and a lot of it's old stuff and not as relevant now, but it's still showing up right top of page. Or is that a big focus uh, for the marketing team or kind of how do you assess that and, and tackle that? Yeah. So we're, we're doing a few different things. Uh, the biggest thing is, so we've signed up with an organization called BirdEye. So BirdEye, you know, just in our tech stack. I've heard of them. Yeah. So we were using Trustpilot before, but BirdEye, um, they are a partner with us throughout this process and they're, they actually own it. Um, with us alongside of us. So they own the successes and the failures and they'll own up to, okay, this is what we're seeing in similar industries. You might want to try this, that, and the other thing. So for us all along, it's been putting that survey in the customer's hands as quickly as possible and pulling that feedback from the customer internal mm. versus letting them blast us on Google, blast us on, on Yelp, right? Just finding those other um, billboard effect because you know that's that's what people like to do. They like to complain all over the place until you notice me. Well, what we're trying to do is insert ourselves going, hey, we think you had a good transaction. Tell us you had a good transaction and pull that feedback immediately, uh, call it offline, right? And 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 have them internalize that that communication as opposed to going out to Facebook and saying, oh, this is, you know, sure. they, they screw you over, right? And and this is terrible and all that type of stuff. So that's the part that we're we're doing a better job of it and getting it where we're looking at um, testing out, let's just put it this way, testing out where that, that survey um, should be done, when it should be done, how it should be done, whether it's through a text message push, whether it's right there at the location, as soon as they return the car and they're taking the shuttle back to the airport, is it that quick, right? What is that timing to get those that get a, get the feedback and also get those promoters to say, Hey, it was a good experience, right? I showed up. The agent was nice. I returned the car. The shuttle was waiting for me. Please leave us a positive for you. Tell us that you actually genuinely will we'll be back. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the part that was missing until we leveraged a bird eye and, and, and worked out the timing of those questions and the quantity of those questions. I went through and I rewrote the entire NPS survey and I said, you guys are doing this way wrong. They always, they kept asking the whys. Mm. And I went, that's not an NPS. Mm. An NPS is one question, right? Exactly. How likely is it that you're going to recommend this brand to a friend? Yep. That's the only question I give a shit about. Can we at least ask that question and then say, can I ask you more later? Right. Right. Give, right. give me my 10 and say, you know, how likely are you? So that was, that. that's where marketing got involved. And I rewrote it until looked eliminate all this other stuff. They like one of the questions actually had 12 different reasons for their answer. Mm. Um, one of the questions, wow. I went, how the hell do you wait? 12 <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the waiting mechanism is behind it. And I even asked them, so what were the stats on this? There are none. Mm. Right? So, so what are you doing with the answers? Nothing. We just like to, to see what, what the customer complaints are. Wow. So that was, that's been the, the biggest shift overall is, is marketing kind of going, look, I need those. I need those promoters and I need to know who the hell those people are. I need to keep those people coming back and I need them to be my ally behind this. So that way I can drive future marketing strategies so I can get more lookalikes mm. because when I know who the hell those people are, right. I know that that guy in Austin, you know, the <laughs> Jerry Jones in Dallas, Texas is not my ideal customer, right? <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, some guy that's up in the middle of Kansas, right? That that might be looking to, to save money because he's got all these other expenses at home. Mm. How do you combine intuition and analytics kind of in your decision-making pro- process? Because I, I see like you kind of strike me as a guy that has like a gut kind of intuitive sense of, about marketing and about behavior, of course, comes your experience and just kind of who you are. And then of course, data and analytics are, are really important. How are you kind of dancing with those things? 
Um, I have a uh, standing weekly meeting with our revenue management department that all they, there's a director of analytics. Okay. And uh, I listen to them for a full hour, kind of go through where, uh, where the data is telling us and, and what's actually happening currently, what's, what's real, what's happening now, what's happening in 30 days, what's happening in 90 days. And as far out as we're even going out as far as six months and looking at the data. So we know where those entry points are, where we need to be more relevant, where we need to hit the customer um, with our message. And then the the other part of it that you know going into the the intuition piece of it is I look at it from from my own personal planning. When am I thinking about my family vacation? When am I thinking about getting away? When is that that noise, the outside noise, so problematic that I know I need to to disconnect myself and and putting that 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 right message out there at that point in time. And it's worked on on some of this stuff, knowing that oh you know. <laughs> you're you're hitting October and you didn't get a chance to take a summer break and you're going you you probably need to get away before you head out to Thanksgiving so you're kind of hitting those little weekend promotions out there right then and there smart that's smart yeah i like that um can you talk a little bit about the b2b side of the business like what is the unique messaging and the needs that the corporate customer has maybe that's unique from the average traveler yeah so what what we found is that at fox um we suck at B2B. Mm. We're not the, the B2B answer um, for, for any consumer. We are, if I was to borrow a, a, a hotel example, we are the Hampton of, um, of the carbonal space. We are that, uh, um, we'll call it the be leisure type solution, right? So you're, you might be traveling for, for a quick trip down to Austin to meet with a client, but you're going to long stay through the weekend because Austin this time of year is really great. Right. So you're willing to kind of go, well, look, I'm not going to keep that Hertz car at $85 a day over the weekend. I'm going to go ahead and book Fox and, and carry it through the weekend because it has the same exact type of car that anybody else in the carbon industry has. It's a hell of a lot cheaper and they're in terminal and on airport. Mm. So that's where that's where kind of our sweet spot is said, look, you know, when you're talking your own money, how would you rather spend it? Right. We're not going to steal a customer away from Hertz national Avis. It's just not logical for us to think that way. What we are going to take is that customer that you know, possibly would have gone on you know, uh, a budget car rental because you know, they're, they're shared with Avis and go, mm, no, I'm willing to kind of go one step lower and, and, and being relevant in that space. But the key aspect, like I said, all along is we got to hit on that service aspect. Mm. We can't show that there's a difference uh, on that, that piece of it. Did you want to do a rebrand of Fox? Or was that part of your, when you first started, like, it seems like, it seems like for me outside looking in, there's an opportunity for a rebrand. I don't know where that, where that fit into your, you know, view, but was that something you saw or, or see or? Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> not opening the kimono too far, but, uh, there's been, uh, a lot of discussions, uh, presentations okay. made and approved okay. down that path. So, uh, Let's say it's uh, coming soon. Yeah, cool. And whether 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 that part of the conversation makes it into the you know the published, yeah, yeah that's cool. But I think I think that's I think that's a big smart move, and I'm excited about that. Um, even more excited because you're at the helm there of marketing, and I feel yeah, like you're man, you're already putting these foundational pieces that are that are really important to bring to keep this brand relevant. You know, to keep this brand here today, but also tomorrow and kind of, and I think it's really interesting how you're thinking about it. You have a, a unique affiliate program. Can you kind of tell us about how it works and how it kind of serves your mission and vision in marketing? Yeah. So with uh, the economical staff uh, from, from historically being an entrepreneurial organization, you can't really build a franchise network. It, there's, there's a lot of overhead. There's a lot of governance. There's a lot of cross-checking and everything else. So what we looked at is like, What's the quickest way to, to get a, a global presence? And what you find is you find local market heroes. There's a lot of carbon companies that are across the globe that are not, you know, the, the big three or, or anybody else, right, that, that exists out there that specialize in, in being that, that in-market provider. So we looked at it and went, you know what? You're really good at what you do in Cabo San Lucas. You're really good at what you do in Puerto Vallarta. Would you like to be a Fox affiliate? And so a lot of those were you know, individually owned organizations that we gave them the distribution on an Expedia, you know, on a price line, on these big stages that there's no way in the world an Expedia or price line would ever talk to these guys and put their product out there because they don't know them and they don't want to negotiate with them. They don't want to work on the, 
the uh, the customer service aspect. So we looked at it and said, okay, look, we can we can put you out there. We charge you a small fee as far as percent of your know, res distribution, and you just have to put up a, a Fox sign at, at your location that says, "Yo, Fox customers come here." Mm. The big sign might be, "Yo, you know, Puerto Vallarta car rental," but the the main distribution or the the, the main brand that uh, that they're booking through would be Fox because they might have seen Fox in LA, they might have seen Fox in Orlando, like. Okay, that was a good experience there. So let's let's go there. So that's where we bridged it. And selfishly, that was our inbound strategy as well. Because if that local, you know, customer in Italy and Mexico, in Puerto Rico, all the all these areas that, that we would have, you know, an affiliate sees that, they're more likely to give us a shot whenever they do book the US. How do you use influencer marketing in your strategy, if at all? You know, it's um, it's definitely an area that uh, that we're looking at now that we've kind of got you know some other pieces working and, and, and rolling forward. And um, one of the, uh, I think the sweet spots is areas where we can actually be um, unique and exclusive that the other carbonal brands wouldn't necessarily um, take a chance in those spaces. I left the the carbonal industry um, you know back in 2014 and I went into high end marine electronics. So I worked for a company called Navico and underneath Navico. Navico. Yeah. Yep. So underneath that is a, there's a, a brand called Lawrence, uh, who's, you know, fish finders that are on boats and everything. And I went to the trade, uh, trade show with them literally like 60 days after joining the organization. And one of the coolest things that I ever experienced in my life was going to a trade show and have customers excited to talk to you. Never before in, in the carbonal space have I ever been <laughs> into a, a booth and have people go, Yo, can I have one of your hats? Can I have one of your stickers? Can I have something like that? Right? You're going, wow, this is awesome, right? From a carbonal standpoint, you get people that come up to you and go, let me tell you about this experience that I had at San Francisco airport. Like, I can't do anything about that. But, you know, carbonal was always that, that negative conversation. Let me tell you about this bad experience I had. So being on that, that high-end marine electronics side, it, it giving people a hat and having them tell you a story about how great it was that it caught like this big fish or how you know awesome it was to avoid you know certain obstacles or to find their certain waypoints that they were looking for. One of the cool things was how much other people that talk about your product meant to another customer actually buying your product and finding those persons. And there was a gentleman that uh, I tapped into is a, a guy by the name of Noah Pescatelli. And he does a, a little video podcast, blog, vlog, that is called Kicking Their Bass TV. And he's an 18-year-old, back then he was an 18-year-old, that had, mommy and daddy bought him a boat and a truck. And uh, he went out there and just started fishing. He got pretty damn good at it. And he showed up at uh, at our booth at uh, the Bassmaster Classic, which is their, their, their biggest tournament. And there were kids standing in line while he's talking to me, engaging with me in a conversation because I was negotiating with him to be an influencer at the time. And just want to get a selfie with him. Just wanted to get a selfie with this guy that, that they've watched on YouTube. And he had millions and millions of followers out there. And I went, wow, because this guy is, is who he is and that personality that he has in the online space on, on YouTube and, and everywhere else. It, it's crazy to see that that impact of, of that, that brand reputation. So that's where I'm at now is I'm kind of going, okay, where is that person? Who is that person that is that, yep. you know, enigmatic type of personality that I can use mm-hmm. that they do stupid stuff with, you know, when they go travel. Right. But they're doing it in a Fox rent a car. So they kind of give me that plug sure. and it shows them walking up to it. Sure. But it's kind of that thing that, okay, I'm going to take my rental car and because I have unlimited miles, I'm going to go all the way up to here and I'm going to do this stupid thing. Right. And I can use leverage that, that content. So that's the piece that I'm looking for is that oddity that I like that. I'm not the, I'm not the primary message. I'm just a, um, I'm a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> but so so that's that's the path that we're going down. That's exactly what we're looking at at 22 to kind of grab that because again, it's it's a low cost adventure too. That's cool. It's, it's crazy, right? Because right, hashtag sponsored, right? That's what people are looking to do. Yep. And they don't care if you give them two grand, right? Right. It's kind of uh, do it, right? That's right. And from my standpoint, I give you the car, right? Mm-hmm. Go out and do your little adventure. Here's the car. You just got to mention me. No, I think that's that's going to be that'll be a good play and be, and thinking strategically about who or who they are is going to be cool. So I'm I'm excited about this brand. This has been awesome. Have you done many podcasts? No. <laughs> is this your first one? 
This is my very first one. Yes. Okay, cool. Because I, because I, 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 I searched for you and couldn't find you in any podcast, but it doesn't mean you, you didn't do any. Yeah, but the only the only other thing I did one time is at the you know, Salesforce conference last year. Uh huh. I got to ask Matthew McConaughey a question. Hey, what'd you ask him? So I asked him, uh, being a person that uh, is known for three words, saying three words, you know, over and over again. How have you, you know, leveraged that, capitalized that in, in your career? Mm. And so he, what'd he say? He ended up saying, yo, he ended up giving me the all right, all right, all right <laughs> on the lives. I was like, that was fantastic. And everybody else got a, that's it, Mike Chop. Everybody else got a big kick out of it. But uh, for him, he kind of goes back to, and he told a story. And, I, and when, it, when I did some research afterward, he, he has tweaked the story a little bit, but he goes back to exactly how he adopted that role towards exactly what his his message is as a person as a human being and, and how that's kind of built on him through through the years of of being the person in that moment with the right person at the at the right time and 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 staying true to that that type of uh uh be, being that individual so i i like that and i like that the human aspect of, of that response and i he seemed to be not that pretentious movie actor at the at the time and, and very relatable very approachable sure which is probably why he continues to give back at, you know, like universities, like University of, of Texas, right? With, with his classes. So that was kind of cool. For sure. Yeah. I've heard that about him as well. I, his book is on my, I haven't read his book yet, but I have a bunch of friends that read his book and they're all telling me, you got to read his book, audio book. They said is the, the way to do it. Is he the speaker on it? Yeah. He, he reads it. Yeah. He's reading the book. So <laughs> that's, say no more. I'm, I'm in. Right. You get Matthew McConaughey in your ear. <laughs> exactly. He's great. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm bullish. I'm bullish on McConaughey. So cool. Okay, let's get in the lightning round. Okay. Uh, speaking of Salesforce, Marketing Trends is brought to you by Salesforce. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com forward slash marketing. Steve Mazinski, head of global marketing at Fox Shrenikar. Lightning round. First question, texting or talking? Texting. What do you love and appreciate about yourself? Um, that I can find a humor in any conversation. That's important. Uh, favorite day of the week? Sunday. I was going to guess maybe Sunday or Thursday was my guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Well, I'm just going to go with my, my hometown, Cleveland, because I'm a big Cleveland Browns fan. Okay. Go Cleveland. Uh, what was the last film you saw in a theater? Wow. I, <laughs> the, the one I remember the most is because I fell asleep, um, <laughs> okay. but it's not the last movie, but, uh, I, we saw Alvin and Ch Alvin and the chipmunks, the, the, the Christmas one. I fell okay. asleep during the movie. Okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Uh, every language in the world, just going back to my international roots for sure. Okay. I like it. Uh, what's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Okay. And what was your favorite live concert? Uh, Garth Brooks. Oh, that's a good one. I saw him at uh, Driller Stadium in Tulsa. So it was an outdoor concert that he did over five days. Wow. And I got and I got to shake his hand at the end when he came by the audience. So that hey. was kind of that whole. Nice. <laughs> right. And the thunder rolls. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. Scale of one to 10. How good of a driver are you, Steve? Are you asking my wife? Or is <laughs> this is you. This is you. <laughs> I, I would give myself uh, an eight. Okay. Strong eight. Fill in the blank. Something wise my elders taught me was? Be polite. Invisibility or super strength? I think invisibility could get yourself into some trouble, so I'm going to go invisibility. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> absolutely okay. stay true to who you are <laughs> that's right i love it um if you weren't in marketing what would you be doing wow um i would like to say that i would probably um uh own some type of uh retail store oh really okay and, and, and interact with the customers because I, I that's that's the greatest thing that that i like is i like interacting with people perfect okay um last question oh no last two questions Least favorite marketing buzzword. Buzzword in general is on the same page. On the same page. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Last question. What would you go back and tell your younger self about being a marketing leader? Be patient. Just uh, things, uh, things will happen. You just have to you know, wait for them to happen and don't rush. 
Mm, I love that because you know early on I did okay it was really just uh, you know it, it wasn't uh, highly focused on the you know uh, let's call it your not not really you know five ten year plan but just I'm a very fast person as you can tell I, I talk really fast and I tend to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you like to go you like to go I get it I get it cool okay awesome Steve this has been an exceptional conversation man I'm super excited for what you're doing at Fox Rent a Car. Your background's awesome, man. Uh, you're the right guy there for that for that role, and I'm excited to see what happens in the next 12 months. Uh, congratulations again. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.